0: This is episode fifty-nine story grammar featuring Shannon Warbeckis Beachy Musings. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb and I'm Maria, and welcome our. Ar- 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 oh my goodness, did you get lost? <laughs> I think I'm here. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, she's there. Welcome, our robot guest. Did you hear that? What was that? I'm like, <laughs> some sort of computer demon just sucked her out. Um, Shannon, where <laughs> Welcome to the Hello.
1: show. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you.
0: Now, our listeners <laughs> might be more familiar with your um, Instagram handle, which is Speechy Musings. Yeah. And um she's the brains behind all of the wonderful materials I think probably seventy percent of the SLP community <laughs> utilizes <laughs> in all of their sessions. So thank you. Oh, thank you.
2: I have to admit, before I was like more into the speechy, like Instagram community and I just had like no Instagram for my speech life, I still like followed uh, Shannon, I ah, still was wow. a speech amusings fan, so you're like That's an fantastic. original person. Yeah, you still made the cut. You, st- you made the <laughs> <laughs> She was the only cut. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care as much about speech, I guess, until now. Or I just didn't know, really. I've always cared about yeah. speech. I take that back. I didn't know there was a whole <laughs> like bunch of people to follow and teacher-pay-teacher teacher in this whole community. So... Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure
0: when Shannon whole started, the world it was much smaller and less people were right. Instagramming their speech mm-hmm. lives, but I do think, I think- social media has made yeah. speech pathology a way more reasonable job. Um, like, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations within the field and a lot of responsibilities, and it could be quite chaotic. But I feel like social media has made the the speech world smaller and then gave us more access to ideas and materials and all that fun stuff. I agree. Yeah, it's good. Um, Before we chat too much, Maria. I'm
2: ready. Yeah. I'm very excited for this wine. Yeah. Okay. So she's so
0: excited. She drank most of it before she got here. (laughs) (laughs) I had to fill my cup with club soda. You're welcome
2: (laughs) for that. (laughs) Because it added a different <laughs> taste. So mm-hmm, you are mm-hmm. welcome for that. Um, I did do the thing that you probably shouldn't do is bring a half empty bottle to a guest's house. But <laughs> it's all right. Whatever. So we're drinking. It was half full. <laughs> half full. Hey, that's right. <laughs> There's the optimism there. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Optimistic. So it's called Wild and Free Pinot Brie. <laughs> And it's by Naked Winery, and we've had some of their wine before. And it uh, has a nice little label that I wanted to read a little bit about it. All right. So it says, adventures (laughs) await around every corner. Get swept up in the moment and make a memory you'll never forget. Embrace citrus notes as bright as the sun on your face and a finish as soft as the wind in your hair. Oh. There's more, but I didn't want to keep going. Very nice. I want to be wild and
0: free. Yeah. I agree.
2: That's right. Exactly. Yeah. They sold me. Didn't they? With that little blurb. And we paired it with this feta cheese Mm because, you know, I'm feeling the Greek stuff because I'm still Mm -hmm. coming back from vacation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If anyone follows Maria on Instagram, they have seen, or even SLPs Wine and Cheese, you've seen all of Greece, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) um you're welcome for that yeah again, really just it looked welcome. lovely she she ate dinner in the sky yes didn't I fall did. out because here she is yeah <gasps> we have a demon in this there's some recording. sort of i wonder if that's yeah. gonna pop up do anyway. you hear that noise too no i don't oh, okay. okay so well, we'll nobody stop. knows what we'll we're stop talking
2: about we'll continue to say that the feta is nice and smooth and salty and it has a light finish this wine because you added some ice cubes, which I didn't know that you should do with white wine. Cause I didn't chill it. Well, I don't know. You're not really supposed to, but I, I wanted it colder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you know that yeah, white just...
2: wine is better chilled Shannon?
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not very classy.
2: To I put did, ice But in. I
1: still kind of chill my red wine
2: too.
0: Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I have do reusable too.
1: ice cubes. Ah. Have you ever heard of those? Yeah. So they don't
0: melt in your
1: drink. So then I feel a little bit better about the wine.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It doesn't. It doesn't water it down. I haven't thought about that's by the. It's beneficial. I just thought like it doesn't spill in your freezer. Mm-hmm good one yeah so yeah i
2: definitely vote drink it yeah drink drink it it. the pinot brie wild and free
0: yeah shannon what do you have i am
2: having a
1: hard cider it's called traffic jam you guys can see it um it's strawberry blackberry and raspberry in a hard cider that's my non-wine drink i don't have any wine currently which is like a very unusual situation in my house but we are almost out um, and then my cheese is a Bella Vitano. It's espresso. It has like coffee grounds on the outside. Oh. It's from my hometown where I grew up. So I had to have that one. My favorite. Yeah. I grew up in like a dairy farming town, so we're known for cheese. So
2: I only buy cheese from there. <laughs> oh, I want to try that cheese. Wow. This is like life good. changing right now. Yeah. Cheese with coffee. Can you I'm- order that online?
1: Yeah. Maria. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's Sartori is the brand. Yeah. You can see it here. At Maybe they want to sponsor working. the show. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. <Yes. laughs> Tell them. They can send us they, all the yeah. cheese they like. Maybe. We have like
1: seven cheese factories. Sorry. We're, my computer is very slow today, but we have like seven cheese factories where I grew up, so I try to only get yummy cheese from home.
0: That's the fantastic. I'm yeah. We're going to have to look into that. <laughs> I don't think there's any Brooklyn cheese. There's Brooklyn pickles, Brooklyn beer. I don't know about it's any Brooklyn cheese. Got to go. I am very intrigued
2: by the cheese, and I'm sure there's more to learn and love about you, Shannon. So, <laughs> tell us a little bit more. Oh, all right. Well, like.
1: We kind of said, um, Shannon Rebecca is my full name. Um, I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I went to undergrad at University of Wisconsin-Madison, and then I moved to Virginia for grad school. Um, I most recently worked in the schools, but I'm currently just doing speechy musings full-time this school year. So this is my first day not having students when my regular coworkers
2: do.
0: <laughs> How does that feel? It's a bit
1: weird. I don't know. I'm, like, sad right now because I like, I like my job a lot. So it's kind of weird, but um, it's good. There wasn't a part-time situation in my school this year, and it's just really hard to do full-time. So I kind of was like, I guess we'll just do no time for now.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Right, yeah. I mean, it's only one year, so you can always decide if, like, you want to do something else. But it's yeah. better to give it a shot than to not. That's what I think. They
1: actually I'm like I really like the district I work for so it was um you know I didn't really want to switch districts or start looking for all these other things so I'm kind of holding out that maybe something'll open up in the next year there instead of having to like start all over in a whole new district.
0: Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So are you one of those people who always knew they wanted to be an SLP or did you stumble upon it while you were in school? (laughs) What's your background story there? Very
1: stumbled upon it, an elementary ed major. And then I don't know, I worked in a daycare and had to do like a whole class and we had to do field trips. And I realized I did not, want to be in charge of like 20 children after that right um so i switched to special ed and was special ed until i think my junior year of undergrad um and then i don't even remember what happened there i just was like looking into something more specialized beyond that um and kind of picked speech it was like that a rehab site i remember looking at a lot So I kind of was just like a more individual way to work with kids. And then, I don't know, the daycare was really good. I worked in a bunch of jobs in undergrad for like, I worked at a summer camp for people with special needs and I did like overnight camps and I did in-home ABA therapy and I just did like a ton of stuff that kind of got me into the world and then kind of wanted to stick with that.
0: Nice. Yeah. I worked at a daycare that exposed me to related services. So (laughs) that's like, I initially liked the idea of being an occupational therapist, but then didn't pursue that, but then decided I wanted to, but my school didn't have it. So I just like settled for speech, which is far more soothing for me, I think, than occupational therapy. Um, but so it must've been fate.
1: Yeah. That's what I think about me. I, yeah, probably it's fine. I think I would really like to be an occupational therapist. I don't think I really knew what that was in undergrad, but I think that, I always say that's what I would do if I wasn't a speech therapist, which is a little bit cheating, but it's a right. fun job.
0: Yeah. I feel I like all my I best do a lot like of OT. stuff. Right. Yeah. I like, mm-hmm. I know some OTs and I do a lot of like OT stuff, I feel like. So, um, it's not unfamiliar.
2: Yeah. Same here. For sure. So uh,
0: if you could pick, what would you
2: say is one of your areas of passion or what are you passionate about <laughs> in speech pathology?
1: Yeah, I feel like my favorite part of speech therapy so far is been AAC. Oh, okay. um, I like kind of... Yeah. I like the more like severe end. Um, Sometimes kids with like medical needs, more fragile, medically fragile kids I've enjoyed working with. Um, A lot of autism I enjoy. Yeah. I would say mostly like AAC probably though.
2: Mm -hmm. So what uh, led you to start speechy musings? Was it that you were like making your own materials for these, for your students or like, how did that idea come about? Sorry, I think you froze there, but okay. Um, yes, like, Did she not want to answer my question? Was this too personal? No, I'm a,
1: and I'm avoiding that question. Yeah, That's, okay. um, right, we'll, we'll start, I started. But... Um, I moved to. <laughs> Don't ask me that one. No. Yeah. Um, I All moved right. to Virginia for grad school, and. Um, Well, I'd actually worked in a speech therapy clinic before this in undergrad and I graduated a semester early and then worked there full time um, just as an assistant. And my boss there was always telling me, start a blog, start a blog. And I don't know what I just was not excited about that at that time and then moved away and I don't know. All my friends were going home for holidays and long weekends and I'm like so stranded. I couldn't go anywhere. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just start a blog, just something to do. Um, And then I don't know. I, I think my first month I maybe made two posts. Then my second month I put some freebies online and then I think I must have had one product for sale and then I made like... $5 $5 my first month. And I'm like, well, this is awesome. When you're in grad school, you can get like a, you know, a Starbucks drink out of it. And then I kind of just got really, really into it in grad school and then never looked back.
2: <laughs> wow. So it started from grad schools. So th- mm-hmm. That really shows how much like dedication and time it takes to have your business, I guess you could call it right. Or your brand. I don't know. How do you yeah. like to refer to it? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great. That's, that takes a lot of motivation. Like, a, you know, cause as I, a have no grad student, I, I, I have no idea. I have all of that. I- <laughs> cause as a grad student, I'm like, sh- cause that's all extra on top of your, what, all the responsibilities, responsibilities you had to have, yeah. you know? So,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I don't know. Workhorse is the right word, but I, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I really like working. Um, I hear you. I so- thought, Oh, I actually had a, um, an assistantship and worked full time almost all the way through undergrad. So I think I've always just been used to like working and doing it. So it kind of, um, yeah, it fit in. And I think it was easiest actually in grad school because that's all your brain thinks about. So like, you know, there was no work-life separation. Like it was just speech all the time. So
2: worked out. So you were already in that mindset. So you're like, hey, might as well put this online, you know? I yeah. get that
1: like dreaming about it and sleeping about,
2: you know, it's like all you do. So, yeah. Right. Deb and I have, uh, we always like try to remember this quote that it's, um, if you're not embarrassed by your first piece of work, you started too late. So like, if you ever looked back to let's say, are you embarrassed by it? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, and I love that quote.
1: I agree with that quote. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm mortified. I actually just, I, I go through and I delete old blog posts. I delete, yeah. I mean, everything that I started out with has been deleted. Oh, you don't even want to, I mean, it's out, it's, I have it. It's, right. it exists so I can see where I've come from, but it's like, no one should ever download it. No one should definitely pay dollars for it. I mean, it's like definitely not high quality. Um, no, it's, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that.
2: I wonder what it is. Is it in your Dropbox account? This new <laughs> <laughs> we were just yeah. talking about? Deep in the Dropbox, it's probably in my old laptop that I don't can't turn on anymore. Oh man, <laughs> I was, I'd be so curious to see like what you did. If you wanna like indulge us a little, if you remember anything about it, I don't
1: know. I don't even remember. I remember like I can't even think of the movie but it has Mike Wazowski in it. What's that? Like um Monsters Inc. my husband just shouts in from the back. Oh, Monsters thank you. Thank Inc. You, and like had yeah, like Monsters Inc memes and quotes like it was really embarrassing stuff on there at first. I mean it was really old. Um, <laughs> I think and my covers true. were like horrible and oh it was good. It was good stuff.
0: This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by Fusion Web Clinic. It's an all-in-one practice management software designed specifically for pediatric speech therapists, physical therapists, and occupational therapists who need to save time and streamline their practice. With unlimited customer support, free onboarding, and an ever-growing set of features, thousands of therapists across the country use Fusion every day to treat their kiddos. To learn more and check out Fusion's library of free resources, visit them online at www.fusionwebclinic.com cheese. And if you sign up for a free demo of the software, mention that SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast to receive a $50 credit off your first month of Fusion. Thank you so much for listening to SLP's Wine and Cheese. If you enjoy the show, please give us five stars on iTunes and write a review. We read all of them and very much appreciate it. Also, we would appreciate your support by checking us out on Patreon. Our website is www.patreon.com slash SLP's Wine and Cheese. All patrons get access to a ton of bonus content. So check it out. Now back to the show.
2: ended great we paused for our break
0: (laughs) my friend dropped off his dog and she just peed right on the rug immediately right away (laughs) right away (laughs) (laughs) Um, welcome yeah great so like (laughs) so story grammar seems to be a pretty useful tool within the educational setting i feel like when i was growing up we would have like story maps and that was very difficult for me to kind of like understand and use and um maria brought up earlier how when we were in school we did like the who what where when why and how type type thing but um my school doesn't really do things that way Mm -hmm. my school does um genre character character motivation, problem, uh, solution, and lesson learned. And I feel like that's a good model. And I've used Shannon's stories that she's written to help work on those things. What do you feel like you use for story grammars?
2: I use, I don't know, um, story grammar marker, which is not what we're talking about today. We're talking about story (laughs) grammar. Yeah, Um, they're similar. uh, Yes, very similar. So uh, more like story, grammar, marker, but since they're similar, I'm sure there's going to be some overlap with that. Um, But yeah, why don't you tell us what story grammar is? Yeah, so I
1: work, um, my last three years, I worked at a middle school, and so I'm, and I, I I'm going to guess about 80% of my therapy is push-in, so all in gen ed classrooms. Mm-hmm. So I found out, like Deb said, that story grammar is just a really good, I don't know, way to, it's in our wheelhouse, it's a speech and language thing, I feel that I'm providing kind of a specialty service, but it's also really related to the curriculum and what my kids are doing in the classroom. So if you're unfamiliar with story grammar, it's, it's just in general, just the parts of a story. So the most common parts would be like character setting, problem and solution, but there's also a ton of them. Deb just mentioned some of them, but you, know, you can have like character internal response or a character's plans or a character's, um, the lift off of the story, like how it starts or, um, you know. so it's all these kind of building blocks of stories. And there's people who have different curriculums, have different names for all the different parts and um, all of that, but it, it kind of just describes just general parts of the story.
0: Right. So instead of just providing a student with a giant story who already has issues with language comprehension in terms of like written and spoken language, they already struggle with that aspect of comprehension. To just give them a whole story is rather daunting. But this is kind of like a map that allows that child to break down the story into more tangible sections and then make the next story more attainable because they've done it before.
2: And also from like the speech and language part Mm -hmm.
0: is uh, narrative development.
2: So that when you ask, because this is how we look at it with the students that I work with that have like complex communication needs that, and a lot of parents actually will say like, you know, I just want them to be able to tell me like, what did they do in school today? You know, so like narratives are, really where a lot of students are having a lot of difficulty so the story grammar will help them to kind of like organize and categorize and like retell a story so it's helping obviously with like because there's the right macro structure and the micro structure of the story which I don't know
0: how crazy we want to get into that but um yeah yeah I feel like so I I've been using like easy stories with my students who have a a c so I just started in a new school with a new population um for the most part, all of my kids have been gen ed up until this point. I've had children with complex communication needs, but I've usually seen them after school or in the private practice, but not I haven't been in that school setting, so this is my first time there and I've been using um just the f and p testing like those like letter stories to use with the AAC to answer text-based WH questions based on the story grammar element. So, like, who are the characters? Like, the mouse, the dog, and the frog. And what is their motivation? They're hot, so they want to go in the pool. Right. And then what's the problem? Too many of them are in the pool and they can't all fit. And then the solution was... There wasn't one because the pool broke. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> so like sometimes um, there isn't always a, there isn't always a, um, an answer to every element in the story grammar. And I think that, you know, as providers, we just need to be cognitively flexible and just be like, oh, well, the story doesn't have that. Or maybe you have to infer based on the context of the story. Mm-hmm. And then the lesson learned is, you know, you can't have too many animals jumping in a pool because it'll break. <laughs> yep. Good lesson for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Good tip. Good yeah. Tip. That's for my Good. tips and tricks segment.
2: Right. <laughs> so Shannon wanted to talk about the story grammar period. And uh, I guess what she has out there. I wanted to
0: follow along if you i have to it too i use oh, yeah. it all the time okay. shannon you wrote the stories right
2: right maybe shannon mm-hmm. wants to tell her, her oh. story well, sorry <laughs>
0: maria thinks i'm stepping on your toes shannon go ahead and talk
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh you're just fine i don't know what you want me to describe the, yeah. the whole packet? yeah so it, what i created in general has like three levels um and i kind of explain how how I use each of the levels in it. But level one is just like the visuals. So you're just basically reading books and I get my students familiar with like what is, oh, I do a lot of like sorting at this time or I just use like whatever they're already doing in class. Like I said, I'm almost always in their classrooms. So I don't even have to necessarily come with stories because they have all their stuff in their room. But I'm just like acquainting them with the vocabulary so that they're like, you know, when I say You need to add a character to your story that they actually know what a character is. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, level two, I try to work on, um, like, the, how you just mentioned, like, macro structure, so, like, the overall structure of stories, and we use, like, the narrative plot diagram a lot in my schools about, like, you know, the exposition, the climax, the, you know, all that. The rising action. I have them, like, exactly. So, I have them, like, plant all these story grammar parts, like, where do you normally hear about the character you know and then we talk about like what part of the story kind of all of these align with um and then also in that section I also do a lot with transition words my students are also doing a lot of writing obviously in the upper grades so we're working on like um what part of the story do you hear or read the word last or in summary that's at the end so we're working on like when to use different transition words and then again correlating that with all like the story grammar parts because a lot of them are pretty consistent with you know, the parts of the story you use them and then the story grammar that goes along with those parts. And then the right. last level is just like literally reading stories and me being like, okay, tell me what the like the liftoff is or tell me what the problem is. Um and extrapolating more from that. Separately, outside of the packet, then beyond that I move on to like telling stories with all of those mm-hmm. parts. The packet that I made, I was only like working on identifying kind of the comprehension part, like isolating out all those pieces, but um, then like, I think Maria talked about this a little bit too, like telling narratives is a hugely functional thing for like all of our kids. So then this just like works its way super well into like functionally telling narratives and, um, writing my kids, I have to write like a million stories every school year. So it's like when I'm editing it with them and I'm like, I don't just need to keep telling them what to do. We can like look at all the visuals and say like, well, Parts are you missing? like let's go through and identify them in your own writing, or add in a lift off because it's it doesn't have a very exciting beginning, for example, so it's just a nice framework for helping students understand like what's a complete story, what details can they add, and then, um yeah, helping them understand stories too. They're not just like hearing random facts and trying to like memorize them. they're seeing it as like a cohesive whole, yeah. You know.
2: Exactly, I feel like we can all agree that there's so much you could do with story grammar, and like in terms of like just the reading and the writing, it's really will target all areas of communication of all of language reading, writing, speaking,
0: understanding, understanding and listening I always forget that
2: one oh, yeah and uh, and then of course, even speech, if you have students with like fluency or articulation, phonology whatever. So exactly. You know, really just hit everything, you know? So it's great. I think even for groups, like in my school, uh, we would pull kids and maybe even like combine certain kids with the other speech therapist. And we would work together to go through the whole story. Like, okay, what, who are the characters and break, really break down the story. Mm-hmm. How often do you uh, stick with like one story? You know, like how much time do you spend on a story? I'm just wondering yeah. if you're in the general. Like if I'm
1: just reading like one of my one-page stories that's like in the packet, something like short one-page, That I'll probably do that in maybe two sessions. Um, but usually when I do story grammar, I'm doing it with chapter books, um, like from their classroom or their um, leveled reading texts that they're reading, which are pretty long. So, I mean, then we can do the same book for like, a quarter, like a long month. Um, and I photocopy parts out of the book and we figure out like where this is all, you know, and that's what you said too. The great thing about stories to me is it's like really no prep. Like all I need to do is familiarize myself with all these story grammar parts. And then we're working on adding them, finding them, revising them. Most of my students have grammar and vocabulary goals. So all of those are tied in. How do you combine sentences? How do you edit all of this? And, um, yeah, so it makes it really easy that way too.
0: So, I feel like it's it's very interesting that you said the majority of your sessions, 80%, were push-in. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I changed school, I think probably 70%, so just short of yours, are all push-in. And when I mentioned that on my Instagram, I got so many questions. So, I know you said you kind of broke it down earlier but how would you utilize this in a push-in session with a variety of kids that you are in a group with a bunch of different goals and using the teacher's materials?
1: Yeah, so, well, first I should, like, maybe give some background on my program because I I think my school is really unique because I also get a million questions every time I talk about inclusion. Um, My whole, like, school, like, the whole district the state that i'm in really pushes inclusion so we don't have like separated schools for any students so and we do have like some separate classes but not, not like what i hear about in other states like they might get 45 minutes of reading separated that's intensive and then they're back in their classroom mm-hmm. so that's like pretty much much the model so all classes are co-taught with a special education teacher if they have special education students in them mm-hmm. so there's already two teachers and paras and then me when i push in so I don't do like what a lot of speech therapists, I don't know, say you should do for inclusion. Um, I don't run like traditional small group. I don't plan lessons. I don't do, um, you know, any of that type of thing. I tend to just do like really, really support work. So a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to do till I show up. So that's like part of the reason also why Story Grammar was like a priority for me to make a a full-fledged resource was because this is something I can show up with and like pretty much on the fly, uh, target anything. So my, my, um, literacy classes that I push into are about an hour and a half long. I don't stay the whole time, but they're structured in that the first 45 is reading. The second 45 is writing. Um, they typically during reading, they do a read aloud of a chapter book, the whole class, they ask questions and all that. So, um, I try not to push in during that time because honestly, I feel like a parakeet on a kid's shoulder, just like asking them questions while they're trying to listen but you know if I have to then I'll have them like fill out a graphic organizer while they're listening or um I'll even just like stick the visuals in their lap and have them like flip to the one that they're talking about at that moment or whatever but in general I try to push in during the writing because it's a little bit more collaborative the classroom's like a little bit more on the move they're separate groups and stuff so um during the writing you know they're they do different units that are all kind of consistent year to year. But if they're working on like the narrative unit, I'll literally sit down with all these visuals and just give them, well, and and I take part in the whole writing process. So during the brainstorming, I'll grab the graphic organizer and we think about like all the story grammar elements and how we can brainstorm our story. What parts do we want to put into it? So, you know, my, my students get really good support in the classroom from their teachers, but a lot of the times they're like graphic organizers are really open-ended. Like, it's like, what are you going to write at the beginning? what's your second topic sentence going to be? And they, like, don't really know how to organize what they have in their head. So we'll just do, like, a graphic organizer and do it that part. Sometimes, you know, I take part in, like, the editing process. So then we're working a lot on combining sentences. So I show up with, like, I have a ring of visuals that I bring. And we just kind of – I don't know. I'm really good at working on the fly. I I usually just touch base with the special ed teacher before I get started. She'll tell me, like, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so really are, like, not – putting any more details in and say it's done. And so I'll be like, okay, you know, let's like do a self assessment and do that. Or yeah, it's all kind of, um, it's very on the fly, but that's why I think I like sk- skills like story grammar. Cause I can pretty much just show up with some graphic organizers and visuals and we just make it work. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I feel like that because I do the same thing. I don't really, I'm new to the school, like I mentioned. Um, but I, I just kind of hung back in the beginning to to mm-hmm. see like the rhythm of the classroom and listen to the vocabulary that they use. Cause like you mentioned, like each school calls each thing something a little bit different and they like yep. focus on like different things more specifically than others. So um, I wanted to make sure like I was familiar with what the child was expected to do. And then while I'm pushing in, I just, um, I might be a parakeet on their shoulder, just like reminding them to maintain um, attention to the task and, and to go from one question to the next without, um, taking a break. And, um, I do a lot of sounding out out loud because lots of my students, they have, they struggle with, um, phonemic awareness. So even though they might like understand who's the character and what their motivation is, they might struggle to spell some of those things and that might be a roadblock for them. So I help them push through that and move on to the next thing um i wanted to talk about being a glorified tutor whatever somebody wrote on my instagram what did you i don't you maria was making a face like she wanted glorified para that's what i get a lot Something. yeah like something like that i mean um at least i think it's funny when people put us down in a way we're always at least glorified i like glorified (laughs) yeah i'm a glorified (laughs)
2: i'm like you too i walk into the classroom with my visuals and the classroom staff and the students they love it you know i walk around with the necklace yep. i'm all about the visuals and you know what that's me what I've, too I'm and able
1: i must i i mean uh, i i this sounds bad but I don't mean it in a bad way but a lot of times I'm an extra set of hands you know these classrooms that can be kind of short-staffed and all the kids with all their different needs a lot of times you can say well I'm just a glorified para but there isn't someone working with that kid if I'm not there so you know they can't be in all places with all the kids all the time and for certainly don't have the the knowledge that I have of you know, how to adjust the language expectations and prompt and support through some of these really, I mean, I'm shocked at what fifth, sixth, and seventh graders are working on. It's really intense. I mean, there was a whole TV show
0: about it. (laughs) And I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I
2: think, Shannon, you're working on, like, something that's, like, so functional and, like, how... Like, of course, I do both like push-in and pull-outs and we've done story grammar marker. We did it on the whole movie, Aladdin, because at the end of the year, we put on the show, Aladdin. So it was like we added that drama element and that recalling the social skills. So that was like a whole year-long project. <laughs> That's why I understand when you're like, oh, I we do it for a whole quarter. Um, but mm-hmm. you're working in the classroom and you're working on something like so functional and right. something that you can how do you separate that from speech? You know, it's like, it's like what I said, all the parts of language. So right. it would make sense for you to push in during reading and writing. It's not like you're trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, grasp at shoestrings like, oh, okay. I'll push in during math. You know, let's put four on top of five. Like we're working on prepositions. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that might be a far stretch, but you are incorporating speech and language and already Well, I push into happening. math. Well, I mean, good for you. That takes Sometimes- a little extra... <laughs> planning and and yeah it does thought process then like okay we're gonna read like yeah like ready She's I haven't ready with planned for it yeah
0: but like I just because everything, everything I don't know I just work on them describing what they did in words so like why yes. is it 10 times 3 because there's like three times as many of this or something like that right. like just having them explain it in words
2: you could totally still push in in math because yeah. you have because the children Or the students have a hard time with like greater, more than, less than the vocabulary.
0: No gaps when you're measuring, or like putting centimeters, or like end to end. But they're like, what are you talking about? Right, end to end, like no gaps. Yeah, this person, they're looking at me like I have ten heads, Um, because it's like everything (laughs) is vocabulary,
2: right? When it
0: comes down to it. So like whether it's story grammar or math, um, I just want to get rid of this idea of people being like glorified tutor glorified pair glorified whatever because there are definitely things that I say and do that are very effective for me and probably other people if they copied me than somebody who doesn't have my background and experience like I am able to model something in a way that I can get a child to respond and say it back to me in a faster way and then I have them repeat it again so that I understand I know that they know and then in that way we worked on syntax because we had like a grammatically correct sentence or, mm-hmm. or, Following a model, right? Yeah, or like, you know, auditory memory because I gave them a simple sentence to recall, something like that. So, I don't, I don't see how, when people ask me how I work speaking into it, I don't know how you detach speech from right it. that's
2: what i mean too i mean of course math is still i feel like i'm not anti-math i'm just mad in terms of like how you were saying like you push in during writing like that's an excellent time to push in so i don't look at it as like oh you're a glorified parakeet you know you're <laughs> using a great time to incorporate speech and language you know that's what i yeah. mean and i and i, I, and and I do push into everything
1: you know, right. Yeah. Okay. Like I do social studies, science, math. That's oh, my yeah. fifth grade schedule. Then I have a different sixth grade schedule, but, um, I agree. It's like, I don't know how you take the speech and language out of anything. And I think that like paras and teachers, like in my school, they learn so much from me being there and they then I'll come in and they have really good feedback on like oh this graphic organizer didn't work for him because he was confused about these parts and they're they're trying new things and they're doing you know they're carrying over what I'm doing and you know all the time my teachers are like the teachers that I work with are just like speech therapists you know, mini me is they're amazing because I'm in there all the time. And so they start to like adapt all like the social thinking vocabulary I use. And like, even my math teachers have learned a lot on, um, so in middle school, our math curriculum that we use is all small groups based. So they're literally doing story problems in small groups like the entire time. So I found that it's actually really good to push into because, First off, my kids with regulation issues struggle doing small group-based work, and then my students that are having language difficulties, it's like they don't understand what their groupmates are saying, they don't understand the word problems, it's like really, really challenging. So yeah, I have, a, I have a hard time with that glorified para thing because I think I can do the same thing as a para but with specialized knowledge and it makes me different and um, important to the school functioning You know, just the same.
0: Right, and you contribute to that pair's ability to help that child because you're providing insight and strategies, Mm -hmm. and another set of eyes and an idea. So, I mean, it would, it wouldn't. Although I love speech pathology, it wouldn't be beneficial for us to spend all day with one kid. It'd be, you know, so it's it's not like we would be better off in that position or by any means. It's our, I think is our job to to pass on strategies to other people because mm-hmm. like, we need to promote carryover in speech pathology. It's not just about what you do in your little room. But I am lucky, my okay. room's close to all the classrooms. So Stay if somebody there. is really struggling with the writing, I take them out. Cause I'm like, I'm loud and now I'm like messing everybody else up. But I'm still, I still consider it in because I'm, I'm working on what they're working on. And I'm just going somewhere where like, I'm not going to disturb people.
2: Mm-hmm. Technically that's a pullout. Yeah. Just saying.
0: <laughs> also, <laughs> we research have-
2: shows that like twice a week, 30 minutes or three times a week, 30 minutes, like in a child's life out of 24 hours a day is not really as effective. So yeah. in terms of the research you need to train everyone and the carryover, because that's where you'll see the most progress.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like I don't really, I mean, so my school had this all set up when I started, so I didn't, it's not like I've, I've, I was converted to this inclusion model. I kind of just like started at this job. This is what I did. And like Deb said, I observed a long time and kind of just like did what felt best. But I feel like after doing this, I don't really want to go back to the other way. I guess it felt, it feels like I'm spinning my wheels a lot less. So, you know, there's pretty much like everything I do has a next step or like, you know, it's related to something in the classroom or someone else is going to keep trying this or, you know, it's not just like I, I'm, we worked on isolated synonyms and anonyms for 30 minutes and then I send them back to class and no one knows what we did or how to use it. You know, it, it feels like a lot more integrated and obviously this is in a middle school too where everything's kind of at this upper level um, too, but. Yeah. My, my school or my room is like so far away. I can't even describe. Some days I walk like seven or eight miles. So it's like, middle school is massive. So I don't ever go to my room, but we go to like conference rooms or we'll just like lay in like, we have a common area between all the rooms. So I I do the same thing, Deb, where I'll pull out and we'll just um, do the work. But then, you know, usually I have like half the class ends up coming out with me too, because they're not understanding and they right, want all yeah. that help
2: too. So it's like, yeah, You have me it works now too, miss. You have me now too, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, no, I do not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and now I moved to those school that has smaller classrooms too. So it's like, everyone can touch me at the same time. I'm like, get out. <laughs> no, like,
1: oh, it's like, oh, I'm driving
0: nuts. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even, no, concerned. Well, I have the whole school actually because okay. my school's so small. I think it's like okay. 50 kids, yeah. but we're like integrated. Like you said, we're in the same school. It's just, we're, we're like a seamless school kind of, there's just like classes within the school that mm-hmm. are more, um, special needs, but everyone like has specials and lunch together and like everyone's like integrated, but then just mm-hmm. smaller groups for all the core stuff.
2: Nice. I think that's great.
0: It is. And another
1: benefit to me is like when I'm in the classroom, like you said, the kids like want to be around you. And I mean, even annoyingly, so all they're like all touching you and everything. But the best thing is like, they don't really see me as like some sort of like, you know, I don't know, weird person or, you know, there's not like the huge stigma of like kids coming in working with me, like in general, like a lot of the kids are jealous and like want to hang out. So it, you know, I think it el- eliminates a lot of my kids being like, wah, speech, because I'm just like there all the time and no one really knows who I am aside from any of the other teachers floating in and out of the rooms. So kind of is nice that way too.
0: Right. I never had that like ostracized mentality that I hear about sometimes in on social media where people are like, so-and-so feels stigmatized by coming to speech. So I don't want to decorate my door and- I feel weird pulling out. Like I haven't had that experience for the most part. Everyone wants to hang out with me.
2: Same. I mean, who doesn't want to leave class? I know. You know? Thinking about it, I
0: agree. Yeah. They're like, take mm-hmm. me.
2: They're like, take me with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen. am a very hot commodity. In Toy Story,
0: with <laughs> them, uh, like, the Claw. You know, <laughs> the Claw. <laughs> the speech pathologist <laughs> the is the Claw. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: all just waiting. <laughs> who's gonna get there. Yes. So. <laughs>
1: That's so, accurate. Yeah.
0: we did lots of, that was a tremendous amount of information. And I hope that we like left everyone with the idea of that pushing is way more tangible than you think. And also it's less like stress inducing because you don't have to do a tremendous amount of prep. And I feel like my last thing is that like the most popular speech pathology goal is to answer a variety of WH questions. And, in what other capacity do you answer questions than when you've heard information told to you and <laughs> you have right. to ask, answer questions about it?
2: And that includes like a movie or even short right. clips. There's just so many things you mm-hmm. need to do with. Which are stories. Story
0: grammar. Right. Yeah. Just All stories. Multiple forms. Yeah.
2: Even some podcasts have stories that you could like break down. Oh, I, I like, like
0: story pirates if anyone wants to. It's a whole nother thing. That
2: whole other segment. <laughs> yeah. There. But uh, I just wanted to say, I want to make sure I'm not misunderstood that you should still collaborate with math. <laughs> <laughs>
0: math. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I still panic every time before. I'm like, well, what if I don't know? Because I might not.
2: Right. That's my point. Like math is might might take a little extra <laughs> creativity, not that <laughs> pushing in during writing is not. You don't require creativity, so.
0: No, I mean, I might not understand math. Right, yes. That's Same what I'm this saying. This is what I, I, yeah. not don't That's don't how de- I think it.
2: of it. I
1: just remind myself that, I'm as lost as my kids are in there. I mean really. The, and I actually was very good at math in school. Like I feel like math was a big strength of mine, but like they teach math in a different. whole different way now where I'm just like I literally don't understand. And I can solve the problem but not in any way that they're supposed to, how they're supposed yeah. to do it. But I model really good self-advocacy strategies, so <laughs> I literally will be the person with like raising my hand in the class and I'm like, "I don't understand. You know, can you tell me more about this part or" my kids will never go up and ask, you know, questions to the teacher. So I'm like, well, I'll go with you because I don't know either. And then I feel like it kind of normalizes this, like, just like advocating yourself. Like, I just have no idea. And like, I'm a smart person and I'm, you know, here and I'm listening and I was trying and I still have no idea. So it's just like cool to go up and just say, like, I don't know. And a lot of my kids go up and they'd like, you know, they get frustrated and they're not good at even explaining what they don't understand. So I can model good. Like, I understood how we got this first answer, but I don't understand where this number came from. Like language like that's like really important. So I I always say, if I have no idea, then I mean, if I can't get it, the kid's probably not getting it. So then we just really model those
2: self-advocacy
1: strategies.
0: Right. Yeah. We're just learning together, (laughs) which really is social
2: skills too, you know? So Mm -hmm. breaking down a communication, breaking down a community. I can't talk today. I feel like, I don't know.
0: Just breaking down breaking all down. of the communication what needs? What are you talking about?
2: Communica- the- repairing a communication breakdown. Ah, okay. Right.
0: I didn't know where you were. There my you go.
2: Thing. breakdown. Talking
0: about communication. communication. breakdown. All right. I have no one? idea where that came from. <laughs> um. Yeah, break. so I think it's so, time for tips and tricks. Yes. Um. I think this was a whole, whole tips and tricks packed episode. episode. It was. Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to switch
2: up my tip or trick, though. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> I was going to mention something else, but now I feel like it's cheating, you know, about my tips or trick, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go for it. You know, go rules will be made to be broken. Right.
0: That's what I think. <laughs> I don't even think we have any tip or trick rules.
2: That's true. Okay. So I'm going to give a shout out for my tip or trick. My tip or trick is to go to this, uh, Instagram account and it's at O I C Cambodia and we could tag them in the show notes and they uh were brought to me they recently Recently. this was brought recently to my attention on september 19th uh this girl katie or katya maybe uh that there's she's teaming up with this organization and that the organization is going to bring speech therapy to cambodia which is a country that currently does not have speech therapy and uh they really need your support so that is my tip. my tip is to support at OIC Cambodia on Instagram check them out that's good thank you
0: and um my tip is to um not if you, so since we're breaking rules here if you're thinking to yourself that push-in therapy is very daunting and overwhelming, then that says to me, you're afraid of something that hasn't even happened yet. So you're having anxiety over a situation where you're just there to contribute and assist. So you have a master's degree, or at the very least you have a bachelor's degree, and so you've been through school before. You've definitely been challenged in school before, so you can relate to this person, Just go in there, and before you get into a panic about what you are gonna have to do, just see what you can do when you're there. Just listen and contribute, and that's my tip or trick.
2: I'm gonna add to that. I'm gonna say take notes. Go in there. Oh yeah, I take notes. You know, don't just be chilling in the back. Like, hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, jot some stuff down. Even if it's like, I'm thirsty. Next time, bring bring water. water." Yeah.
1: I was going to say the same thing. Take notes. I literally will sit in the back. The first month I did push in, I I just wrote, but I'm writing vocabulary I see in the room, the names of different things, things that like the summary of the storybook, units I should do next time. I literally will jot down notes of what my students are doing. So I can like, I like to call my students out on things. So I'll be like, you know, you twiddled your pencil for Thirty minutes of the reading class, like I mean, I'm like I wrote it down. You can read what you did. Right. Yeah.
0: I'm always like you sound can a read lot
2: like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I like middle school. I'm like there's no nonsense. I'm just like what are you right. doing? This needs to be done. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I always write down like can hold a pencil, cannot hold a pencil, can read, struggling to read, <laughs> like like that's because I don't know. Yeah. And they also like in my school, they don't do things like they do things in like a web. So I wouldn't have known that if I just started pulling kids out all the time, I wouldn't have been teaching it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And what's your tip or trick? Oh,
1: I'll stick to story grammar. And I would say, you know, you can always, uh, one of my favorite things to do that is no prep and doesn't take anything is just to photocopy books. So if you're using picture books, photocopy the pages. And if you're using for my you know, experience. I'm like doing chapter books and then cut the pages apart, the photocopied pages, obviously, and then have each kid get a slip of it or a piece of it and have to tell you what story grammar parts their information is in their part and then tell you why. Because a lot of them have multiple, you know, things. So like one sentence can have a character and a feeling and a, a solution or something like that. So, but then they have to tell me all of it and why they think that. But that's been really easy. I can pretty much do that on, on the fly with anything.
2: Nice. I like that.
1: And one. that's
0: like a reverse story grammar. Mm hmm. It's, like it's, it's a little them more them accessible. Out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's cool. not like no one really gets like super overwhelmed by it. Cause so I'm just like, throw out a part, see if you can find it. And almost always, like, my kids are like, there's a character. And I'm like, great, where is it? And they're like, Susan, okay, move on to the next kid. You did it. You know, it's not like right. too um, demanding or, yeah.
2: Sounds like a good warm-up activity, too. Just, like, let's get... Yeah, exactly. Talk about the different... Or just, like...
1: Yeah, and just, like, get them participating. I feel like that's, like, half the battle in middle schools. Just, like, you know, they're used to not knowing what's going on, and they're used to, like, not you know, participating or just like work being too hard. So then when it's actually at their level half the time, they're like, I can't do it. And I'm like, well, maybe if you just tried for four seconds, you could do it. And then this is a good activity to be like, you get it, you did it. You like can totally read and understand and do this. So then it's like get a little confidence boost in there too.
2: Yeah, that's huge. Confidence boost, middle school. (laughs) Yeah, Those two go together. Like wine and cheese, right? Confidence boots in middle school. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Middle school's all about, like, you know. That's, I feel like that's such as they're such a critical time when, like, their self confidence can really drive how they're gonna
0: go in all Mm -hmm. aspects of their life. Yeah, that's why I never worked in middle school. The kids were the meanest to me when I was in middle school. I'm like, I hate this age. I don't want to work there. I
2: like the middle school kids. Well,
0: when I was in middle school, they're
2: nasty to me, but. Okay. So I'm like, I never
0: was like, I don't, I, I don't need to go there. There's too many (laughs) like borderline hormonal things happening. Too much. (laughs) Too much is happening.
1: It's a lot. There's a lot (laughs) happening, and like they're really nasty (laughs) to me sometimes. But I don't know. I'm like the personality where I get like I find humor out of it. Like some of the insults, like I could tell you them now, and they actually really make me laugh. They're really the things middle schoolers come up with. I'm like that's actually so funny.
0: <laughs> Mike just busted in through the back door and scared the crap out of me and Maria. We're like, That's it. an intruder is I here. Wasn't that scary. I was horrified. <laughs> oh. I had no idea that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been a lovely episode. A oh, we need a quote.
2: Shannon is going to leave us off with a quote or mantra. Mike, see. I uh, brought. Brought. I can't talk today. I'm still jet lagged. I think. Brought. Yes. So anyway, Shannon, going back to you. Uh, Any quote that you would like to leave the audience with?
1: I think my favorite one that I always go back to is, this too shall pass. I like it for good things, bad things. Beginning of the school year, sitting awkwardly in the back of the classroom doing push-in and you don't know how. This too shall pass. It'll be over. Take it in. Enjoy
2: it while you can. Sorry, Deb was (laughs) talking in my ear and then I have auditory. (laughs) (laughs) So, this too shall pass for positive and for negative things. Yes. 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 Yeah. You're absolutely. I like that one because it shows, right? That Oh, your favorite poem, Nothing Gold Can Stay. Right? Right. It's true. Yeah. So, just
0: stay in the moment. That's what I Yeah. Saying, yeah. You know? If anything is still tricky, yeah. it's all yeah. going to be tricky for a while. Exactly. It'll go away. Yeah, but anyway, mm-hmm. this has been another episode of
2: SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. I'm Deb. And then who else
0: joined us? <laughs> it's Shannon. I'm Shannon. <laughs> good night, <laughs> Shannon.
2: Good night, Shannon.
0: Good night, Here Shannon. I am. <laughs> it's been a long day.
2: How was your good side here, by the way? Did you vote drink it or sink it? The audience wants to know the suspense. It's, most, it's
1: 90% gone. Good, oh, so good. then drink it. Yeah, she voted drink. Delicious. Yeah, I've had a few. I'm trying to go off gluten, so I'm drinking cider instead of beer. So it's a mm-hmm. new new life period for me. Oh nice! <laughs> Remember we
2: talked about that at Asha. You talked to me about your
1: yeah and stuff. Are you going to
2: Asha this year? It happened. Are you going to Asha this year? I am.
1: Are you guys?
0: yes yes, i believe so yeah are you guys we haven't bought any tickets but we haven't decided we'll figure it out it will keep everyone posted um (laughs) keep everybody on their toes at all times especially me i'm (laughs) constantly on the edge of my own seat um yeah (laughs) good night good night
2: good night